Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Welcome to the Mess It Up podcast. I am the Bowtie Guy. And I am the Biker Chick. And we've got a friend this week. <gasps> it's my bestie. Dee, say hello. Hello, hello. This is our friend uh, Dee, and uh, she said, hey, I've got a mess. Uh, we can make it into a message. And we're like, we've got a show. We can make it into your show or something <laughs> like that. So that's what we're doing this week. We're bringing uh, uh, Dee on as a guest. It's just that easy. If you think that you've got a mess that could be a message for somebody else, please email us at info at messituppodcast.com. Or you can email me at uh, bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. Or you can email me at bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. And we would just love to have you be on the show if, uh, if you've got a, a mess that you'd like to share with people. Absolutely. So let us know. We can do phone-ins. Or if you're like Dee and live in Ridgecrest, you can uh, come be right on the show in the okay. studio. Or, you know, maybe if you live in a fun place, you know, maybe we we'll come, come visit you. you. Yeah, aloha. That'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. I would love that. And just so y'all know, Dee's name is Doretha. So you will hear me say Doretha and not Dee most of the time. Yeah, Doretha Franklin. There you go. <laughs> she should be it a singer. It has begun. Yeah. Um, so it is, as we record this, it's early in January, and it's pretty chilly here in beautiful Ridgecrest. I was chatting with my friend, or my friend, my son, uh, Dave, and uh, I was talking about how cold it was, and he was talking about how cold it is in San Diego because his mom called him and said it was like 45 degrees last night in San Diego. And I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, it's terrible here. Winters in Hawaii are killing us. It's almost 80. I don't know how I'm going to go play soccer in this weather it's killing me i almost had to put on a shirt today and i was like dude you can hush and you know all the people that live in snow country right now are like all of you can hush yeah yeah there is nothing i'm saying that even makes sense to them because they're like 40 that's like <clears throat> a high that's yeah. great like sandal weather yeah right for them yeah. no jackets nothing yeah. you know it is what it is i guess it all it's just a matter of perspective and keeping things <gasps> in balance it's Which is our word of the week. That's our word of the week. It is so our word of the week. You did good. So if you can use the word of the week in a sentence, uh, this is show number 40. I'm going to give you 40 bonus points for every time you use the uh, sentence or the word balance legitimately in a sentence. So uh, use that word of the week. Put it out there. Hashtag balance. Hashtag word of the week. Hashtag what? With eight A's. Uh, and that'll be great. Um, so... I guess with well, that all taken care of. What does it mean? Balance? Yeah. Oh, don't Lord. we have a definition of it? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. See, you, you threw me off when you said we can't do the word of the week when I was going to do it, and I forgot. So balance is to make things be balanced. Uh, you know, I didn't even look up a good dictionary <laughs> you know, you definition. Use the word in the definition for the word. People say that, but that's not actually true. Why not? You shouldn't use the word to do it, but I just did. So, according to the interwebs, which is uh, the all-knowing, all-seeing everything, Absolutely. Uh, balance is an even distribution of weight, enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady, mm -hmm. um, or things being in equal uh, or correct proportions. But basically, balance is what I like to have in my life. When I look at... There ain't no such thing, Paul. Come on now. None. It is. No, it's elusive. It doesn't exist. 
It is I will true. argue this point left is, and right with you. That's all right. There's We're going to no do balance. this. So what the problem that I've had is <laughs> wide, wide swings. And I guess I don't want balance as much as I want um, stasis, maybe, is what I want. That's going to be the word of the week coming soon. Yes. Because I'm going to have you define it. Yeah. So, what is stasis? Um, stasis is when uh, things come to an equilibrium. I'm going to kick him under the table, just so you all know. Um, when, when In science, when uh, things balance out. <laughs> so You're there's, nailing are this you trying to get bonus points? Yeah, really? they're, they're equal. Um, so uh, when, let's say, you add some uh, dye into the water. So just to kind of try and summarize what you're saying. Uh-huh. In life, there can be a stasis between all the different things. There can be this balance. There can be equal opportunity for work, for life, for home, for all of those things. Do you believe that's true? I wasn't looking at it from that angle. Okay, do tell me what angle you were looking at. I it was from. looking at it when when I when I looked at it and it's it's less balanced as I as I think about it more, but what I'm thinking about is taking my spikes and bringing them to the center um, on my my moods. Just like my meds are. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. My meds do balance me out. Yeah. Um, a mood stabilizer. But a uh, keeping things in in balance in life, like you were saying, I think that's important, but it is elusive. It is. I don't think it's possible. I think it, there's always the give and take of one thing for another. What do you think, Doretha? I agree with both sides. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The word of the week is cop out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it depends on people in general. I think it depends on people's situation. I think that for me personally, balance is very hard. It, it it is, and it is very situational because mm-hmm. sometimes, and I think for me, being having this uh, addictive personality, it's yeah. <laughs> the girls just looked at me. Um, <laughs> it's it's tricky to do it because I'll just I'll go and binge on something and then realize I need to reel back in. So I'm trying to figure out how to verbalize the picture that I see in my head of what balance looks like because to me it's a give and take. I don't think it, you can ever like have all your plates spinning at one time, so you have to choose which plates you're going to spin. Right. And so there's never truly balance because some plates are stationary on the table because they're just not in action right now. Um, and other ones are spinning. Other ones are starting to wobble. Um, you go over there and you spin that one. You have to pull that one down restart another one. I think there's just always spinning plates. I guess that would be my analogy for life, that there's never truly a balance because there's so many different changing moving parts that you can never truly just equal them out. But with, and, and I, I see that for sure, uh, with the definition that we pulled up from Mr. Google or Mrs. Google, I'm not sure the gender of Google. Um, the dictionary is female. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> So she told us that uh, it's making it so it doesn't fall over. So if we're wobbling, where does that put our balance, I'm wondering? We're out of balance then, aren't we? Well, unless we fall over, then we're out of balance. But if we're still then, are we? I don't know. It's perplexing. I would have to go analyze said definition again. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to listen to the show again. Yeah. And Just like you guys all should. And 
Don't so listen once. Here's the other thing too. When I'm thinking, as I was thinking about this, is the difference between balance and stability. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be stable-ish, but I don't think I can ever be in balance. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I, I, to me, stability. Um, I guess it's just having that that broad base so that you don't get knocked over as far or pushed. You know, I might get slid sideways, but I don't get, I don't tumble over. And isn't that something our faith provides? It, it certainly isn't can. That, when I that lean on it, to be the yes. the the broad foundation to to everything in life, right? Yeah, but it it it, it matters if I lean on it. Because I can be stable if I lean up against the side of the mountain, but if I lean on the other side, I'm, and that doesn't make the stable the mountain not stable. It's not providing me stability. I'm just not availing myself to its stability. And and I think my faith will do that for me. It's always there. I need to access it. It's my choice to access it or not. You totally drew a different picture in my brain, by the way. Because at first we're talking about the foundation. Right. Right. And that's what keeps us stable. Right. And now we're drawing mountains. Well, the foundation gets bigger. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I see, yeah, this is I, how I see things is in, is in pictures in my brain. So if it's not the clean it up podcast, sister, sorry, <laughs> we're messing you up. You are messing me up. That's what I'm trying Put to put it in like, a blender and let it go. That's right. Yeah. The because you blender. know why? Cause I'm a smoothie. <laughs> oh boy wow pretty yeah, good huh that was pretty good that'll cause for silence so um i'm looking at all the time that we've burnt so far and we've, yeah. we've we've roasted into this pretty good and what i don't want to do is i don't want to jump into doretha's story early and then cut it off with a song of the week. so what i'm going to do is i'm going to throw to the song of the week first and then we'll come back perfect talk about the song of the week a little bit and then we'll get into uh to why we have uh our our pal doretha here so um I was like super on top of things and decided what I was going to do is write down all the songs of the week that we've had because it's always tricky for me. Have we done this song? Have we not done this song? So um, it is now time to do a new song of the week. And this week, our song is going to be one that we did at our um, Almost Exactly Williams show for the New Year's Eve bash. So this is a Zach Williams song called Everything Changed. Give it a listen. We'll be back on the other side to uh, tell you what we think.
So I just absolutely adore Zach Williams, and uh, that's why we did almost exactly Williams for New Year's. It's just fantastic. Right. Uh, first time I heard Chainbreaker, I was like, this is my guy. And then mm. uh, I went and saw him as an opening act, uh, and just he blew my brains and messed my mind up, and I just got totally messed up. So um, I could do Zach Williams for 10 weeks in a row, but I know you won't let me. So nope. I snuck this one in. Not that he's not but, good. Yeah. He is good. But it... This one gets me right from the very beginning. I was a dead man walking, digging my own grave with nowhere to turn, bridges burned, throwing my life away. And that was so my story. I was, I mean, so many of us. That, that, and I think that's why his songs hit me so much is because they are everybody's, can be everybody's story if you look. Um, And it's just this idea of where I was going and where I'm going now. And just the the hope that it provides to know that I don't have to go back there. I just, I, I love that. And and there's a lot in this song, but I don't want to be the only person who, you know, gets to talk. Yeah, you do. But you're <laughs> going to be nice anyway. So there's a line that says from reckless and wild to faith like a child. So I'm, I'm the known wild child, right? That's what I've always turned myself to be is I'm just a little reckless and a little wild. And that's just who I am. Um, yeah, this says the woman who was standing in church this morning just sobbing um, during a worship song because my faith just brings me down to this place of just pure joy, pure elation, pure just overwhelming um, of God. So it's that whole thing sums up who I am. I'm still reckless and wild, but I think I'm reckless and wild for Jesus now instead of for the things of this world that would typically be categorized under the wild side. Yeah. Now, I, I found it interesting. You said that it brings you down to joy. Is there any reason you said brings you down to joy? As soon as I said that, I was like, Paul's going to pounce on me. I was just, no, I'm just curious. Yeah. I, I love things like that. So if there's a reason I want to know if it was just the way you said it, that's cool too. I think it's just the way I said it. But if I had to analyze what I said. Let's. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it would be because I'm so high strung all the time that I'm just bouncing like a ping pong ball constantly. And so I have to be brought down a little, (laughs) a lot into a level of contentment of that level of peace and joy. Getting a little balance. So it's, no, it's not balance because sometimes I drop below. (laughs) No, I'm not going to agree with you on this at all. So keep trying. But I have to be brought down because I'm constantly just going full force right. at everything. So bringing me down to a childlike state is also taking me from the adulthood perspective of just the balance or the balance. See uh-huh. the weight of the world and Bonus everything on me. Christina. No, I didn't use it correctly in a sense. Yeah, that's all right. I'll <laughs> so, give you yeah, 20. I would and say. you know, I, and I like that with the child because when I wanted my kids to understand something, when I wanted to, to bring them into a calmness, uh, with kids that I was teaching, my own children, my grandchildren, I get down to their level. I would get down yes. on a knee. I would hold yeah. their hands. I would look in their eyes and just like zoom everything into just focusing right here on what we're doing. And that's where I could be too, is just everywhere, just looking at whatever. And then that, that child like just, okay, we'll just, you know, right. focus. And as I look between you two ladies over my microwave, there's a, a hey, little there sign is. that says, stay focused. <laughs> How did that get there? We'll post that on the Instagrams later. Yeah. So you guys can all yeah, check it out. That'll be good. So, Doritha, what part of this song connected with you? 
Um, I connected with every cha- everything changed when your love rescued me. Uh, being someone who always was searching for love, someone to love me. Um, no one will ever love me more than my heavenly father. Right. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. And it does change. I mean, it, when I was able to, um, recognize and acknowledge that love. And those were two Mm. different steps for me. I could recognize the love. I couldn't acknowledge it first, but I could see it because I could see it in other people. But then when I could finally acknowledge it for me, that made such a huge difference because then I, I had an implied worth that I was denying myself before that. I, I could understand the value in me as an individual, as a person, as, as who and what I am. Well, and I think that's a beautiful segue into what we're going to talk about with Doretha is being loved and accepted for who we are. So my beautiful bestie is biracial. Yes. She is African-American and Caucasian. Yes. And so with that comes a lot of different things, a lot of different struggles um, that me as a Caucasian woman wouldn't understand. I'd have no idea, right? Right. Um, And so finding that beauty and acceptance um, in a world who uh, doesn't necessarily open arms uh, to the differences. uh, And I just wrote an article for our online magazine uh, that addresses uh, the acceptance and the love for seeing people exactly for who they are. So when I see Doretha, I see a black woman. I don't try to hide the fact that she is same underneath it all as I am or um, you know, don't look at people for their color of their skin. No, please do. Please see them for who they are. And so I'm sure that just opens this whole tidal wave of topics up for you. And I'm going to let you roll with that. <laughs> Ta-da. It, opens, it opens up a whole bunch of emotions. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Because, um, you know, having to fight my whole life to prove that I was, you know, a person, an individual, not just black or white or, or whatever is it's, it was a struggle my entire life until I learned that, um, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter right? if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to like me, you're going to like me. If you're not, you're going to not, but it's your loss. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, I can attest for that. She is my best friend. How were you, how were you raised? What, what, what did, what would, what did your family life look like as a child with that? Where were you? What did that look like in the world? of, of your life? Um, we were raised, uh, my brother and I were raised, um, my mom is African American. My dad is Caucasian. Um, so uh, the struggle was that we weren't black enough for me. The struggle was that I wasn't black enough. Um, because that was your internal struggle or is that the struggle that your Surroundings it was, it put was on internal you. and it was surroundings. Okay. Um, so I went to school, predominantly white school. There was probably one other black child there. Um, and it was just a fight all the time. Like, um, I remember one time my aunt came from California to braid my hair in the little micro braids that my uh-huh. cousins wore with the yeah. beads at the end. Yeah. And I was so excited. I just thought I was just too cute. And she put the beads in and I went to school the next day and this job took two days. I have a lot of hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I remember I went to school the next day and I was met with such hatred 
and um, children saying, oh, look at Dory trying to act black. And um, my feelings were hurt because I wasn't trying to act. That's 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 what yeah. I was. Right. And what took two days to put in my head took about an hour to take out. Rip I ripped out. Yeah. every single braid out of my head. Where was this? What area of the world? I lived in Colorado Springs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Very um, pigment challenged. Yeah, well, <laughs> growing up it was. It's not so much anymore because it's um, a military yeah. you know, mm-hmm. town where we grew up. So there's a lot of you know, different faces. It's a lot more diverse than it is here. Um, but it was just a, definitely a challenge growing up being totally and completely different from everybody else. And what, what decade was this? Uh, like nineties. In the nineties. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I just, just to give people a reference that I'm the old man still. Um, <laughs> Truth. so when, when I think about a, a, a biracial, uh, upbringing in the nineties compared to, the 60s or the 70s when I grew up, different, but still, even though we've put 20 or 30 years since a major civil rights legislation, not really necessarily a lot of progress that that you might associate with that time span. Right. And and it's it's funny that you say that because my daughter, it's it's 2019 and mm-hmm. my daughter is African American and Korean and she is probably going through worse ridicule and hatred than I did. And I have to tell my beautiful brown, brown skinned daughter mm-hmm. that it's okay to be different, but she is not, she is not, how do I say? She wants to have the white ha- the white skin, the blonde hair and the straight hair. Cause she's got the curly, yeah. beautiful hair like her mama does. And it's hard trying to explain to her, please don't, don't think that that's only what beauty is. It's right. not, you know? It, and that's why I'm so outspoken with your little girl. When I see her to compliment her natural hair, yes. when she has it not straightened, when it is beautiful and curly and it is her natural mm-hmm. being, um, to compliment her facial structure yes. that is just absolutely gorgeous. You could see the multiracial features yes, in her yes. that makes her uniquely her. And I feel like as a white individual in her life, I have an important role to speak truth to her, to say, hey, wait, not all of those white people look at me differently. Not all of those white people want me to be like them. Mm -hmm. They want me to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm super, super sensitive about making sure, like she knows how beautiful she is just for her. I don't like to see her hair straightened. I don't like to see, (laughs) you know, all those little other things that she tries to do. Um, to make herself fit in. Yeah, I can't stand it. Well, so often, and, and especially I think with, you know, younger you know, kids, teenagers, it's really, I know I went through when I was in high school, beauty is what I ain't. And I'm always wanting to be something that I'm not. Right. And someone else is wanting to be what we are. I mean, all the, you know, white kids want, you know, they, they'll maybe be prejudiced against the darker kids and then they go to the beach to get a tan. <laughs> And it just makes no sense. And then I know that I had curly hair and, you know, people like, oh, I wish I had your curly hair. And I was like, oh, you know, it's a hassle because it's, you know, it's curly and sometimes it'd be nice to have the straight hair. And we, 
as humans, so many times I want what I don't have, or I want to be what I'm not. And that's just that lie that I'm not good enough. Whatever I am is not good enough. And that's where, you know, going back to the song, it changed when I was able to accept, acknowledge, and then accept that love of, of Jesus. For sure. And one thing that I don't want to do is, and I don't know if this is the right term so someone can smack me, is I don't want to whitewash the issue. <laughs> I really don't. Um, because people of color struggle in those similar things, but from a deep-rooted perspective. Right. Because we are such a whiteified society that there is that unspoken tension. There is that unspoken just racial profiling. There are all those things that are just super unspoken. So yes, while we strive to have those things that we don't necessarily have, like I can go and dye my hair and be a brunette. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're African-American, if you have di different textured hair, you can't just go without someone going, oh, is she wearing a wig? Right. Like there are such mm -hmm. deeper rooted things. So I just don't want to glance over it and say, it's just like everybody else. Because there is such a different cultural issue there. It's easy as a white person to say, there's really no cultural issues for people of color. It's easy for me as a male to say, women have all the chances in the world. They can do anything. Right. It's super easy when you're the person in the selected position, wherever that happens to be, right. to, to not recognize the struggle of the people who have the struggle because... You don't have the struggle. So it's it's really difficult for me to understand that struggle if I right. haven't been in that struggle. Right. And also the thing that um, hurts me um, is the microaggressions towards African-Americans. Like you can be a Caucasian woman or a Caucasian male and walking down the street and might see a big black man and think, oh, gosh, I'm going to get I'm going to get robbed. Even thinking that. You know, black people are not evil. We're not bad. We're not, <laughs> we're not all rapists. We're not all thugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're not all gang members. We are good people. Right. You know, Absolutely. we are good and beautiful people. Well, yeah. and I hear people with that, that I, I've, that, um, suggestion has been posed to me many times the supposition that okay i'm not racist because if i walk down the street and i see a a big mexican dude with tattoos or a big black dude walking down the street and i go to the other side of the street or <gasps> i hold my wife's hand just a little tighter or i'm just a little more cautious that's not racist that's just discernment uh and prejudice and so I just, and I'm like, there is not a difference because you're doing it based on just this initial glance, yep. but there is a big push. And I've heard it from a lot of people who tend to watch the same news sources that repeat that, that exact theory. I, I heard it in different states from different people that no, that's not racism. And I'm like, but it is. It is. Yeah. It's just <laughs> racism. You, you've got nothing to base this on other than a person's skin. And, and here's the thing. We can change the way we look and it doesn't change who we are or what we are. And I was just talking to my friend, uh, Robert in the prison last week about this, that he's going to be getting out in about eight months and he's concerned because of his looks. Now, he can't help that he's Mexican. Right. And 
before he used to shave his head and so he's a, a large man. He can't help the fact that he is, you know, 6'3". That's just the way he's built. So he said last time he got out, it was really difficult for him to get a job because everyone's like, oh, you know, you must be some thug because you're a big, tall, bald Mexican guy. And then now he's older, his hair is falling out. He can't help that he's bald. It's not even something that he's shaving. It's just he's bald and he's thinking, what am I going to do? So he has to consciously make a difference to uh, make a choice to look different just to please people. And the argument is that shouldn't matter. And I agree, it shouldn't. It should. But the reality is, it does. Right. Absolutely. It does. Um, here's the thing. Uh, we have a challenge of the week that uh, our pastor gives to us. And it, it struck home with me. Um, but those who need love the most are those who deserve it the least. And not saying that... that people don't deserve love because we all deserve love. But when you, when you made the comment of this, this man who's in prison with tattoos or bald head or whatever, he's the one that needs the love the most. Mm -hmm. We don't know people's pasts. We don't know what they're going through currently. Just love people. Yes. Just love people. That's what we're here to do. Love on people. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that they're not supposed to love me. And then they find out about my past. Like, oh, I'm not supposed to love you. Right. And it's really interesting because it happens out here in the streets, but inside, on the inside, that culture is even more rampant. And I'll have guys talk to me, and they'll, they're like, you know, and we even need to love those PC'd guys, and they have no idea that I was PC'd, and they they don't know, and they're they're telling me like it's big of them, Um, and I can tell that there's certain guys in there that if I revealed my past they would not be down with that they would right. you know it would flip a switch in their mind and thankfully that's not something that people can see on me but we do the same thing just because we see a, a color of a person mm-hmm. well and that's i have been programmed and trained all of my life to think a certain thing and so yeah when i would see a big black man who looks scary to me it would be that Oh, I'll just go down this aisle at the grocery store. Or I'll just do that. And so now I'm not, I'm trying not to overcompensate. I'm just trying to see the person for who it is. And that's regardless of color, of sex, of size, you know, cause a lot of people would see my husband who's a tatted up big old biker guy and they still, they steer clear of him, but that's a choice that he made. That is his image. That is who he is. He didn't go, oh, look, I'm going to be a big, scary guy when I grow up. But he kind of did. Um, when you're an African-American man who is of great stature and, you know, he didn't go, oh, look, I'm going to choose this for myself so that I can live a harder life so people can look at me differently. Um, so when I see somebody who doesn't fit inside the mold of what my brain has been trained to think is proper and okay, I smile more. I go outside. I love grumpy old men because I smile at them. Hi. I, yeah, no, you're just a weird old man. Grumpy (laughs) and weird are different, but I'm trying to reprogram my brain to say, Hey, I know I've been programmed that this is a danger, but I know logically and foundationally that there is no danger there, that this is a human being I'm to love and, and want to love. 
And, and that was my big point in my article, and I had Doretha read it before I pushed the publish button or the send out button. Christina, can you give us the, the um, address on that once now and then once again later? Yeah, it's www.sorellatribu.com. And it's a sister tribe in Italian. It's Sorella Tribu. Um, and I hope I'm saying that right because... I'm gonna it probably is a little more Sorella Tribune. Probably. But, um, <laughs> and you got to move your hands. Uh, yeah, you, my, you did. My you son-in-law Dave tells me you, you have to talk with your hands. Um, so that was my point is when I see my best friend, I see a beautiful, strong African-American woman. I see her beautiful hair. I see her skin color. I see her for exactly who she is. Because if I didn't, then I wouldn't love her and appreciate her for everything about her. And she loves me for the white, sometimes close to pastel, person <laughs> that I am. Um, you know, with my hazel eyes and my long, light brown hair. Like, she sees me for who I am just as I see her for who she is. And if we fail to do that, I think we fail to recognize the individuality that we all encompass. Right, right. I and I see all Paul's gray hair. Gray hair. And Listen, <laughs> I, I was in a McDonald's this weekend, and the girl, I said I wanted to get a coffee. She said, we have small, medium, and large. Or we also have a senior coffee. And then she made a face like, oh. And she right. said, is that okay? And I said, I'll take that one, please. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Anything. That, so that was the first time I ever got given or, you know, offered a senior discount in my life. So And I got a text about it. It was great. A lot of people got a text <laughs> like, you won't believe what just happened. <laughs> it was so, amazing. So we are winding down. I know we've been yeah. going at this for a while, and it's an important, passionate subject. So if you had anything to leave us with, Doretha, what would it be? The challenge of the week <laughs> <laughs> is just to um, find someone in your life that you feel doesn't deserve your love and show them grace. Give them love because they're the ones that need it the most. Yeah. Mm. That's I like good. that. That's a good word. And it can be anywhere. I mean, it doesn't have to be. Yes. It, you don't have to just like, okay, well, I've just got my mom or whatever. I mean, if you're standing there in line and there's a person that's obviously having a, a rotten day and being a big giant turkey, flip that script on them. Gobble at them. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. That was, good. that was good. Very thematic on that one. Well, um, uh, Christina, would you give us the URL for your article one more time? It's www.sorellatribu.com. All right. Three W's on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did I do four? You did the, no, you did two. You did the, did old, w- the old lady. W- 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 dot, yeah. <laughs> Um, Fantastic. You know, the internet's only been around <laughs> for 15 <laughs> years or so. Yeah, triple dub. Um, and uh, if they want to get a hold of me, they can email, well, you can email uh, bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. If you want to get a hold of me, it's bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. <laughs> and Doretha, do you know how to get a hold of our interns? Info at, at messituppodcast.com. Mess podcast.com that's right yeah so uh thanks for being here don't forget to use the uh, word of the week hashtag tune in tuesday this is big show number 40 that's right hashtag balance doesn't exist there you go hashtag balance is elusive (laughs) hashtag balance is nothing hashtag see you next time
Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Yeah.